I'm Carrie Ann. Welcome to Crime Juicy. I'm Becca. And I'm Krista. Tonight we're going to be talking about the best of necrophilia. And we're just going to go, Becca. This actually came up in the first season and then the second season. We got to wait till the third season until we bust out the necrophilia. One thing I do want to say before we get involved or into it. Get involved. Yeah. Get involved. <laughs> romantically, sexually, or otherwise. A lot of the sources that I've been looking at reference a study done in the 1980s, 1989. There's not a lot of new information. I don't know. I guess no one's to learn about necrophilia. Whatever. And I've also noticed, too, a lot of the podcasts I listen to, I love them. I had a really great time. I thought it was really interesting that a lot of people were, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Really, you just talked about Jeffrey Dahmer drilling holes into people's brains and filling them with acid and fucking a corpse that was already dead is the worst thing you've ever heard. It's interesting that necrophilia is such a taboo topic, even though way worse things happen to living people. A lot of the focus is on homicidal necrophilia, which is only a very small part of necrophilia. We're going to just tear this shit apart and see what we find. Necrophilia, the term was coined in 1850. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines it as obsession with and usually erotic interest in or stimulation by a corpse. Can we just say that that doesn't mean necessarily actual intercourse? It's not always intercourse. No, it's not always even an erotic interest. The American Psychiatrics Association uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual defines it as recurrent, intense sexual interest in corpses that interferes with your day-to-day life. If you're (laughs) scanned in the way of your life, then maybe you're a necrophiliac. Well, wouldn't you say that for just like anything? If your need to eat French fries all day is getting in the way of doing things or you're being a drug addict. That gets in the way of doing things. You could say it's an emotional addiction. That's when it ends up in the DSM. It ends up in the DSM when it starts interfering with your life because you're so preoccupied with all them corpses. According to a 2016 study, and again, this has not been studied much. It said zero to five percent of the total population falls somewhere within the necrophilia classification. Zero to five is a pretty wide range. When you're looking towards zero, you're like not many people. But once you get up into five percent, it's every 20 people you look at is some sort of, I don't know, maybe that corpse is giving me the eye or something like that. That's pretty significant range. I don't know really what to do with that statistic. That's so, a little unsettling considering so any job you interact with a lot of people, but let's just take service industry in a broad spectrum because that's a huge, huge part of our population. I maybe probably see on a busy day at work, no less than a hundred people. That is a lot of necrophiliacs. Next time I go to the amusement park, I'm going to be counting and I'm going to be, oh, you're the, yep, you, there, there's one that's splurging. I was just thinking about splurging. Splurge, splurge, necrophile, splurge, splurge, necrophile, necrophile, splurge. When interviewed by Apocalypse Culture, Karen Greenlee, who we'll get into later because she is probably my favorite necrophiliac at this point, she said it's way more common in morgues and funeral homes than were reported. And then she went on to cite all of the times that she personally was caught breaking into these places to make passionate love to the dead. But she was never reported because the establishment didn't want to freak people out. She was, oh, it's way more common than you think. I do it all the time. You'd think you'd lose business if, oh... You're supposed to keep the body safe because for the living, it's more of a ritual than it is for the dead. I'm not saying that this is not a victimless crime. Well, it was interesting because in one of the podcasts I listened to, which would I would highly recommend, it's the Human Monsters Necrophilia episode. They had a kind of similar title where it was, at last, necrophilia, because they probably really wanted to talk about it too. At the end, they did an interview with a necrophiliac who was also a woman. She got caught breaking into a ton of ma- mausoleums because her deal was she would seduce a corpse to call forth the spirit of death to make love to you. And they're well, so how often does it work? Then she said she successfully seduces a corpse 75% of the time. She is the third type of an acrophiliac, a fantasy. No, she's not a fantasy. Go through the list. We need to go yes. through the list. I think about her was, uh, so in the course of the interview, they were all, oh my God, oh my God, that corpse wanted to be left alone, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the guys was, I don't know, I mean, either cremate me or I don't really care what you do once I'm dead. And the necrophiliac lady was like, see, see, I got you. And he was, oh shit, she's going to try to fuck me. Or... <laughs> 
Yeah, and I guess I listened to I listened to that one too, and their whole thing was all well. There's no consent. How do they give you this consent before they die? She's like, I don't know half of these people. I don't know any of these people because their spirit has left their body. So therefore, it is just there. Yeah. That was her logic. I don't know. Right. So of all sacrifice, all of the sources were hearkening back to this 1989 study of over 120 cases of necrophilia by Rosman and Resnick. It seems pretty dated. Again, apparently people aren't so uh, keen on studying necrophiliac. The study divided cases into genuine necrophiles, those who have an ongoing attraction to the dead regardless of circumstance, and pseudo-necrophiles, those who don't have an ongoing drive but are more opportunistic. This informed their findings. Of all necrophiles, 92% were males. Which leaves only 8% being female. From these cases, they theorized that necrophilia was caused by low self-esteem, fear of rejection, fear of the dead, which they coped with by sexualizing it, which is my first necrophiliac affirmation of the episode, fuck your fear. The fourth one was after encountering the dead, they realized they were aroused. Of genuine necrophiles in the study, 57% had regular access to corpses due to the nature of their job, which I think begs the question of whether they sought out such jobs because of their attraction to the dead or if they're actually pseudo-necrophiles that are around dead bodies a lot. Or they work secretly and sell the time they pimp out the dead bodies that does happen i mean we all saw we all saw kill bill i know that she was in in a coma but essentially same thing same thing oh so 68 percent of genuine necrophiles reported that they were aroused by an extremely submissive partner necrophilia like actual intercourse with the dead has also been classified as extreme cooperation. 21% said they were motivated by the desire to reunite with the deceased lover. 15% said they were motivated by loneliness. 85% were not lonely. 12% were motivated by the desire to wield power over the corpse. This next one I found really interesting that of genuine necrophiles, and these are people that experience an ongoing attraction in some way to doing this. It's not an opportunistic thing. Only 15% reported that they were actually motivated by a sexual attraction to the corpse. I think that's a really interesting component to all of this that kind of turns classic conceptions of necrophilia on its head and makes this discussion a lot more interesting. Nearly half of all genuine necrophiles have a personality disorder. 11% of those are psychopathic. It's pretty rare to find a pack of psychopaths like that. That is a significant number of psychopaths. Hand in hand. I mean, like you said, some personality disorder. (laughs) That's a big... Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but the most commonly reported motive for all necrophiliacs is they wanted to possess an unresisting and unrejecting partner. What was that one guy that, what was it, Coriander? He said that the Greek tyrant had defiled the corpse of his wife. Periander baked his bread in a cold oven. My wife after she was dead because you couldn't have her in life. I mean, I'm sure there were even more choice words in that conversation <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's probably the tame version, no matter how you take it. There's an early law that goes back to the Hittites from the early 6th century BC through the 13th century BC, and it explicitly allowed sex with the dead, and it's on Sumerian cuneiform. Oh, those Sumerians are kinky. Yeah. Cold packing was allowed. Officially, because the study from the 1989, right? There are 10 classes. Yes. There's the role players, right? And those are those who just pretend just it's a scene. We'll say that. Pretending their partner is dead. Or paying a prostitute to lay in a tub and get so cold that they can barely move type of Mm -hmm. situation, (laughs) which is probably, I bet if we talked to an escort, or should I say? What's the proper way to say it? I feel sex worker isn't that great. The sex worker, I think, is the sex worker. I was about to say consensual touch consultant, but I think that's what professional cuddlers are called. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to run by our friends at SWAT. We'll go with sex workers now. I'm sure if we talked to some, we'd probably hear at least one or two of those stories. That has to be something. And then romantic necrophiliacs. Which, if you look up Carl Tans, he was in the 1950s or so. He had this dream when he was a young man about falling in love with a dark-haired, exotic woman. He had already been married, but then he found this—he found his his woman, and he fell in love with her. She had tuberculosis, 
he was a doctor of some sort, but he was from Germany and really wasn't a doctor. It's weird. <laughs> His story is a little broken because he was an immigrant. There's some broken things where apparently he was a doctor in Germany, but not here in America, but pretended to be a doctor and did all sorts of different things. He fell in love with his exotic, dark-haired woman. She had tuberculosis, and he took care of her. When she passed away, he had a mausoleum built for her. Yes, no one knew he had a key, but there was a key. He'd go and visit her, until finally he just couldn't bear to leave her there, and he brought her home. This goes on, I think he had her in her home for at least two or three years before anybody found out but it was revered as this undying love story and he just couldn't live without the love of his life he had to bring her home well in the course of that time of him bringing her home he made like a face mask for her because her face was so decomposed i remember this one now. and then and then as as more more stuff came out he constructed this paper tube with wax yeah he could have intercourse with her dead body but first everyone was oh that's just so sweet and Oh, oh, he couldn't live without her. But then it just started coming out more and more that he was having sex with her. But that I would say that he falls under a romantic. That sounds romantic to me, the, the romantic classification. I, I feel that, that that fits, right? Yeah. And it's That's Poe. I mean, I don't think Poe did any of that, but. Yeah, I'm sure if, if he got drunk enough, he would. <laughs> then we got category three and necrophiliac fantasizers they fantasize about make about fucking corpses but they don't actually do it tons of those if you're into autoerotic fixation there's a movie called it's an asian movie and it's about this prostitute who falls in love with this hotel owner and then she becomes his maid he leaves his wife for her but they find out that the only way that she can orgasm is if she she chokes him so autoerotic fixation. She chokes him to death, continues to have sex with him, and then at the end, she severs his member and proceeds to keep it as, like, her bed's thing and writes and leaves his body. Yeah. Wow. This is a movie from 1978. They're everywhere. <laughs> well, we'll get into this later, but uh, necrophilia is all around us in pop culture. It's awful. Number four is tactile necrophiliacs. They do everything but intercourse to a corpse. And there is a... We're going back to Russia for an example of this. Everything to a corpse does not necessarily mean sexual. Anatoly Moskvin, he is known as the, the doll maker. At the time of his arrest, he was well-known in academic circles. He had a PhD. He was extremely knowledgeable about cemeteries. I uh, called himself, what is it, a necropolist? Like, just super knowledgeable yeah. about cemeteries. He was arrested in 2011. His apartment was raided where the corpses of 29 girls and women, ages 3 to 25, were found essentially mummified and turned into dolls, stuffed with rags, caked with makeup. They had masks. They had doll faces. One of them had a teddy bear face, and they were very well taken care of. One of them, he'd had nine years. In the lead up to his arrest, which happened because he was seen by surveillance, he was actually asked by local police to aid in the investigation of a rash of cemetery desecrations because he was notoriously knowledgeable about graveyards and cemeteries. This guy can help us. I've heard varying things from different sources. Some people, he shared this apartment with his parents. Uh, some said his parents came and visited and were like, oh, no, just thought he like making dolls he was friends with doll makers either way like his parents either lived there or had been there and seen the 29 dolls in this apartment some of them were in the garage because he they displeased him in some way so they were sent to the garage until they had like an attitude adjustment he put music boxes inside of some of them so they could sing to him but they'd watch movies together he'd throw birthday parties for them even the ones in the garage were invited to the birthday parties so yeah, he he never fucked or abused them. He took care of them and he saw it as adoption because he felt that their families had abandoned them. And he also thought that science would somehow figure out how to reanimate them someday. Eventually he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, but Moskvin said that his fascination with the dead started when he was 13 when he was brought into a funeral for an 11-year-old girl. The girl's mother placed rings on both his and the dead girl's fingers and asked him to kiss her. And he said that the, he formed a bond with this dead girl and felt drawn to care for her and care for the dead. Apparently, this post-mortem marriage isn't 
as uncommon of a practice as it sounded to me, at least when I first heard it. He became deeply fascinated with and drawn and connected to the dead. Everything but sex, but he saw these as adoptions. I suppose. I really liked how he said that the families, he felt like the family abandoned them for the justification. I thought that that was, I mean, you could really get into that deep if you were a schizophrenic and your your psychopathy's going off. Yeah, I thought he was an interesting case and that would be a, what is it, tactile necrophiliac? I, I looked at one of his papers. He could write. He was talking about something that cemeteries in St. Petersburg. I just scanned it. I was like, wow, he could write. Hmm. Interesting. That's, you just wanted friends. There's worse things he could have done <laughs> to get friends. That's a good point. That's a good point. Didn't murder any of them. I mean, wouldn't Ed kind of fall under that a little bit? I think so. I actually thought but about I, it. Again. We don't really know if he had sex with them or not. I don't honestly don't think that man understood what sex was or human anatomy. <laughs> I think he knew the basics, but I don't think he would have known what to do. Right. Alive or dead. Mm. But he made some awesome bowls. Right? And gained bowls. <laughs> and some, some lampshades. I mean, come on. I like the lampshades. Yeah, it's but I feel like it would cast off a nice yellow. Like a nice little warm light. Yeah. It'd probably be very... No, oh, my God. That's awful. Never... Oh. <laughs> We're just getting halfway through. We're at number five for fetishistic <laughs> necrophiliacs. Those who remove parts of the corpse to masturbate with them but never use the full corpse. Or those that remove things from... And if you die with a tampon in, a fetishistic necrophiliac would take the tampon out and be like, Aha, it's mine now. That's so nasty. I mean, come on. I mean, what, that was the weirdest thing to me. I'm taking your tampon. And we worry so much about what boys think. I don't know. I don't know. That's so... If they took... What's this? It's mine now. Use it as a shot glass. Oh. So back to Russia. Andre Romanovich. We apologize, Russia. Andre Chikatilo would remove... The female genitalia and he would rape and molest and also eat them he was a russian serial killer that they continued to let be a teacher and his main target was young children so that's a whole other thing he was a take parts and pleasure yeah i think we're gonna get to the homicidal necrophiliac in a bit but there's a lot of overlap where it's putting homicidal necrophiliacs in their own seems like you could kind of check several off of the list if you exactly. maybe fantasize about removing parts well exactly because you can't take a part away from a live person i mean you could uh, they would eventually die anyways but beg to differ it's <laughs> something that you can do with a dead person that you cannot do with a live person it is a a thing that you can do that's not mm -hmm. possible they cannot reject they can't tell. And if you don't like the screaming, then you just <laughs> avoid all of that. Hey, it's old-timey crimey. Do you like true crime? Do you like history? Do you think murder's just better in black and white? Come join us on Old Timey Crimey, where every week we sit down and talk about a crime that history forgot. Or maybe a crime that history can't get enough of. From the classics like Jack the Ripper and Lizzie Borden, to the crimes you may have never heard of, like the Tottenham Outrage, or the criminal lives of popes. We dig deep into the archives to give you the details you won't get anywhere else. Because the good old days weren't always so good. Find Old Timey Crimey wherever you listen to your podcasts. Speaking of mutilating corpses, the next one at level six is necromutilomaniacs. And these people impress me because they masturbate while mutilating a corpse, which sounds like a lot of multitasking. Yeah, if you're using sharp things and but masturbating and frying bacon naked, you're going to hurt yourself. I bet they do. I'm sure they do. That's probably part of it, too. It's it might be part of it. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be part of it. The, think, the risk. The risk. I think our Russian couple did that, too. Oh. Do you think it would be laying in bed with them? But we, we got our threesome. Pop its eye out. Hey. hey you, got, you got entertainment and a snack. 
We're just marinating. Maybe we'll break the rule just this once. Tee hee hee hee. We're so bad. We're going to hell if there is a hell. Which leads me to number seven, which is opportunistic necrophiliacs. And these are people that don't necessarily, they don't seek out the opportunity to necrophilize. But if the right corpse comes along and the opportunity presents itself, they won't say no. Or if your daddy dies, because some guys are like, I'd love to go out that way. In Egypt, back in the day, if you were a beautiful girl... You got left outside for three or four days first before you got embalmed to discourage necrophiliacs. Gary Ridgway would not have given a fuck. No, he would have been all up on it. All up on it. Oh, yeah. could you imagine? Be- didn't he marry that woman? Oh, could you imagine? Oh, know your own love if you're not going to use a goddamn glove. And even in that situation, I, I would... I would have unalived myself if I found out that I was sharing my husband with a dead person. I don't care how many showers he took. Aren't there like specific, isn't there like a STD that's specific to to corpse fucking? We need to find this out because that's, uh, that's on a need to know. Yes, it is. So level nine is homicidal necrophilia. Oh no, no, number eight. Sorry, can't, can't miss those. Number eight are regular necrophiliacs and they just are people that prefer to have sex with the dead over the living. But it's not an exclusive thing, but they just, if they had their pick, they'd fuck a dead person. Number... Oh, sorry. Wouldn't you say a serial killer is also an... Some serial killers are opportunistic as well. Actually a sub... So homicidal necrophiliacs, level nine, uh, they're those who murder in order to have sex with their corpse. And these are actually broken down into subcategories. And the subcategories are based on whether the perp destroys or preserves the corpse, whether they fuck the corpse while it's still warm or come back later for when it's cold, whether they impulsively fuck corpses as a form of lashing out, whether they just dabble in necrophilia like the Night Stalker, or if it's their thing, and whether or not vampirism or cannibalism is involved like Mr. Albert Fish. Yeah, they've got it all broken down because they need to know. Yeah. Yeah. One um, homicidal necrophiliac that I thought was interesting was the Hong Kong butcher, Lam Kor Wan. He was a cab driver who targeted females who were alone. He'd subdue and murder them and then keep their vaginas in Tupperware containers. So he had all these badges and he was arrested in 1982 when he tried to get photos of his dismembered victims developed at a local Kodak shop. And that (laughs) reminded me of the Bakshidis. It's like I had to take pictures. I needed them. And then finally, there's exclusive necrophiles or necrophiliacs. And these are people that only have sex with the dead and they just can't make it happen for the living. You can't look up STDs from having sex with dead people. It just goes to can you have what can you get, what kind of STDs there are, but not specifically with dead people. Well, I'm sure that something that is like the clap or gonorrhea you could get for a few days, but I think there's a mold fungus one is what we're looking for uh, that that could go for a minute, not just a couple of days like the clap. Have you guys heard of moche pots down in Peru? Those beautiful pots that they have that are really naughty. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of those? Mm-hmm. Well, they've got them with necrophilia portrayed. On these mochi pots. Most mochi pots are hidden in museums. They're so na- naughty. They're beautiful. <laughs> There's a big age range with mochi pots. Uh, oh, first to eighth century artifacts. The most common necrophilia act portrayed on these pots are of a man who's just a skeleton and a supine woman in front of him beating off his. There's not a bone in your dick, but in this one there is. And they're masturbating, like and they're and it's masturbating, and that's the most common necrophilia theme hmm. on those mochi pots. They talk about all sex, sex with dogs, sex with uh-huh. whatever. Some of these are, yeah, just incredible, incredible. Wow. So the age range is what one hundred to eight hundred BC. I mean, they're they were making them for a second, first eighth century. You can't go see them like at a museum most of the time because they're too naughty because of kids. You have to, you're going to have to call your local whatever and say, hey, you got any mochi pots? I want to see some in the back. I'm going to write an article or some 
they have to let you in. Tell them you're going to write something, okay? Ooh, I want to go see some porno pots. We're here for the ancient porn. Like, I'm here for what everybody shames. <laughs> They're, like, in stalls, like, in sex shops, and there's a little hole in the wall next to the mochi pots. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole mochi pot glory hole area of the museum that they, like, only let you into if you're doing research. I'm doing research on these rocks, and they Dope see old ladies in, in Utah, the Utah Natural History Museum go, oh, come here, come here, let's let's show you this. So I'm looking at their their rocks, their portable rocks, and they bring out this one. And they're they're saying that this is a mono. Now, a mono is something that you grind corn with. It's kind of got the rough edges or whatever. I grab it. It's this tall, this long. It's so smooth. I'm looking at this old lady. I'm like, this is not a mono. They have a bunch of them, a bunch of old rock dildos. Hey. As long as they were smooth, they were pretty sanitary. Yeah. And they were pretty, really pretty agate and stuff. I'm wow. Hey. Some had knobs. The bumpy ones. Then uh, legalities, um, it's less illegal than you think. It's kind of like cannibalism in the U.S. It's not federally illegal, but in most states it's a felony and a misdemeanor. California necrophilia wasn't illegal until Arnold Schwarzenegger put an end to all that. And uh, apparently it's not illegal in North Carolina. <laughs> Still me a misdemeanor in Minnesota. Well, then couldn't they slap you with, like, defiling a corpse? Well, I guess that would be defiling a corpse. Ooh. One in 20. Minnesota. I'm counting. <laughs> and then uh, in the animal kingdom, not just humans, it's been observed in penguins, snow geese, garter snakes, black and white tegu lizards, frogs, sea lions, humpback whales, and more. Dolphins. Dolphins would. Total. Dolphins are freaks. They are. Mm. Dude, humpback whale sex sounds like really epic anyway. Humpback necrophilia sex. Sounds dangerous. That might not well, go well. Dangerous. A whale <laughs> necrophiliac would be a dangerous creature indeed. All these octopuses like swimming away as fast as they can. It's like, oh, fuck, I know what's happening back there. Yeah. You got to get away. The seals are telling the dolphins to move along. Just go. Just, just get out of here. You don't want to see any of this, bro. Do you got to join so you can plausible deniability? Talked about necrophilia in the past. Krista, where's necrophilia in the present? Everywhere. Everywhere. There's all sorts of movies and shows that really go into it all the way from Idlewild. They don't necessarily go all the way into it. That's with the outcast Andre 3000 and Big Boy. They insinuate there's movies and shows, Criminal Minds. Nip Tuck, that was on FX, and then Freddy versus Jason. There's some scenes in there and all that fun stuff. But I would say the most notable that people really, really know is the Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and Otis having dead women in his bed and other things that were insinuated, but pretty, pretty obvious. And then another one would be the Family Guy episode when death decides to go out on a date and kills the woman that takes him <laughs> home and he just finishes just casually and everybody laughs just ha 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 not very funny i mean it is but because i mean he is death that makes sense <laughs> there's those but then there's some pretty intense movies that go all the way back to 1987 1968 is the oldest one it's not as vulgar as the two that i really found there's one called necromantic the first one was made in 1987 the second one was made in 1991 you can't really find too much about the first one because it's been banned in a lot of countries and a lot of networks just said no it <laughs> They're like, we don't need that in our lives. Yeah. And then if if you want, you got to do some searching, but you can find the 1991 Necromantic 2 trailer on YouTube. And let's just say there is nothing left to the imagination. Exactly what is going on? You, you don't even really have to watch the movie. I mean, if, if you want to go over there and watch it, go for it. And then the other one that's kind of obscure, but insane that it's even out there and if you want to go see some tit on uh, youtube you can uh, go watch the trailer for the 1990 singapore sling it's about some crazy women that kill people and do crazy things one of them has sex with her mummified 
dad's body. I The premise of the movie, I'm not quite sure of. Because even reading the transcript about it, what is going on? But go watch the trailer if you want to see some titties, I guess. There's a lot of songs. Yeah, and, and it seems almost like it was made, like, filmed, try to be a 50s movie. Mm. But you kind of... Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Then we go into music. And that one is a little more recent. My favorite necrophilia song of all time is Cold Ethel by Alice Cooper. Yep, that's that's a huge one. That's the best one. Tom Petty is also on that list, not necessarily for sex with a dead body, but in the Mary Jane video, when Mary Jane died, he was like dancing around with her body in the morgue. Well, that was the textile. It implied it. I think it implied it, Krista. Very much so implied what it. What the hell was he doing in there? Exactly. Yes. There's, there's Rammstein. They have a song called Marry Me, and it's about him digging up his ex-girlfriend, or dead girlfriend, and asking her to marry him at that point. There is another really, really, really big one. There's Cradle of Filth, Dead Girls Don't Say No. There's That's also a drag queen, a drag queen, Sharon Needles who also did a rendition of Dead Girls. I have the lyrics for the Avenged Sevenfold song called A Little Piece of Heaven. But before I get to that one, another one that might shock everybody, DMX. R.I.P. DMX. But in his 1998 album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, in the song Bring Your Whole Crew, he raps, Got Blood on My Dick, Because I fucked a corpse. So DMX got in on it. Weird. Avenged Sevenfold, which everybody knows, they're not a great band. Whatever. People like them. And their song is called A Little Piece of Heaven. The song is about a man who asks his girlfriend to marry him. And she proceeds to laugh and belittle him. He kills her. And it sounds like a cartoon song. Just a straight up cartoon song. And then the cartoon continues to go on. One, Some of the lyrics are. Must have stabbed her 50 fucking times. I can't believe it. Ripped her heart out right before my eyes. She's never been this good in bed. Even when she was sleeping. Now she's just so perfect. I've, ne- I've never been quite so fucking deep in. It goes on and on and on i can't keep you looking young and preserved forever with the fountain of spray on your youth whenever and there's another part where he references because i really always knew that my little crime would be cold that's why i got a heater for your thighs (laughs) he's just got like a space heater up in there if you watch this video it's straight up cartoons him having sex with his dead girlfriend but then at the end somehow she's reanimated she kills him and then they go on a killing spree together it's the happy ending that's how you burger dick with the space and, heater I mean, they didn't put this song on the radio because obviously you can't but this song isn't that old and this is something this is on their self-titled album avenge sevenfold and yeah it's from 2009 but still, and then there's all of the the e like the the emo scene bands. There's a couple of bands, and I wasn't able to find their names, but I've heard their songs, and they talk about it. There's punk bands that do it, and it's just it is just so widely talked about. And some people, the songs they kind of fall into the love song category, I, I yeah. guess in a way. Yep, and then some of it's horrorcore, horrorcore rap necromancer he he talks about it i didn't bring you back to fuck you i left you dead yeah it's like yeah no there's just so many so many things out there that maybe it is more common than we thought maybe that karen (laughs) bitch was right maybe the people who make songs about it it's more so of like the fantasizing so would they all count as like level three necrophiles the uh fantasizers i think so I am. I would. I would say, they may not know it though. Like, you just gotta be who you are. Yeah, and I mean, I, I there's a niche for everybody. I think it's because also the lack of consent is also part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, and the, I, that's the appeal. That's the appeal, <laughs> that, and that's the problem because people don't like being told no, like that song said, and they get tired of being told no. And I can do whatever I want. I can do, I've always wanted to 
fuck someone's armpit. Yep, and it doesn't matter what what I look like because doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter at all what I look like or feel like. Yeah, it's fascinating when you start thinking about the psychopathies, the natural teas, the this just the frivolities. I mean, it's not it's not all black and white, and we've got a lot of percentages going out there. Zero to five percent is huge, and also I think another number that. We need to understand 20 to 50 year old men are the ones usually caught. I don't know if it's because, well, I like to say, I say, I like to say caught. I mean, I don't think they're the only ones doing it. Okay. I think that's the ones that maybe are, if you, if you're 60, you're not going to get caught no more. You either age out or you're good at it or you've got a good pimp. We ought to take that out of the show. They're probably going to kick our show off giving (laughs) ideas like that. No, people have done this for years. Set up corpses and sell them to the schools. Yeah. Why wouldn't it? If they're going to pimp out live bodies, what makes you think they're not going to pimp out a dead body? Like, it's it's easier to... Well, I guess it would be easier at first to pimp out a dead body before they start decomposing. But yeah, dead body got no needs, got no demands, will not... No reduction, no resistance... Yep. It's interesting. And I do think that 15%, like only 15% of genuine necrophiles report being like attracted to the corpse is really interesting because it's not like the physical, like there's there's more to the attraction mm-hmm. or more to the drive than attraction to the corpse. And that yeah. that's really fascinating to me. It's, yeah, I'm not, I wonder if you've always wanted to become a mortician if you have some level Oh. Yeah, we got to get Alana back on the show to talk to us about this. I hope she likes this episode. Alana, if you're out there and you're listening to this, we love you and we hope you like this episode. Oh my goodness. There is a best of necrophilia because people still produce things about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, speaking of uh, production of it. So I got really down the rabbit hole with this necrophilia at Karen Greenlee. She <laughs> is I'd say she's my favorite necrophile. She was born in 1956. She comes out of 50s and 60s and she's dubbed the best known modern practitioner of necrophilia. She was interviewed for the 1987 book Apocalypse Culture. She was interviewed on the daytime talk show Sally Jesse Raphael. The episode never aired because she was unrepentant of her actions. The 1996 Canadian independent film Kissed was based on her story and the 1992 short story we so seldom look on love is the book about her story that the film was based on karen greenlee also contributed to the book gospel of filth about the band cradle of filth who krista just talked about and the rock musical the unrepentant necrophile was based on her story and it was shown at the twin cities horror festival and in the 2017 orlando Fringe Festival. So Karen Greenlee, she worked as an apprentice embalmer in Sacramento, California. On December 17th, 1979, she had her come apart. It was pretty much a come apart. So she was driving the body of this 33-year-old man to his burial in this Cadillac hearse. So she's all like driving him up, not going to fuck the corpse, not going to fuck the corpse. I'm going to fuck the corpse. So she sees the family. She's at the grave, at the the cemetery she just like peels the fuck on out of there and steals the hearse and the corpse in it with the family there yes she literally drove right up to the cemetery the family's oh here he comes then she's like, now but fuck this corpse and like pulls a yui and just hightails it on out of there days later she's found in sierra county california with a stomach full of tylenol and codeine and a four and a half page long confession where she admits to being a morgue rat and that she had fucked 20 to 40 young adult male corpses she didn't die necrophilia was not illegal in california so she was just charged with stealing the hearse and interfering with the funeral she ended up paying a 225 dollar fine and spent all of 11 days in jail followed by mandatory the mother of the corpse did end up suing for emotion severe emotional distress ruined the funeral you know how much funerals cost these days 
Right. So they did end up settling for uh, $117,000. But the defense psychiatrist was that that lady was already in emotional distress. She was fucked up from depression and alcoholism. But no, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Your son's corpse stolen. My brain made me good. (laughs) I'd hunt that bitch down and whip her ass. I would. If that was my child, if that was James. He would haunt me. He would haunt her. He would. He'd haunt everybody. He had a. T- you let that bitch peel out at my funeral. Nobody stopped her. She fucked me, and I don't even like her. Yeah, I fucked her back just once, but that was it. But James would fuck anybody, so that's kind of to <laughs> take that out. He's oh not particular. He's not particular. He's not right, Becca. He's just not. I shared a basement with him once. She He's saw not- the horse face girl. Oh my god. Anyway. We love you, James. James. <laughs> so Karen Greenlee, before her trial, following her arrest, she'd actually gotten another job at a different funeral home in a different city and was in the process of working there when someone figured it out and she got fired. So following her uh, 11 days in jail, Karen Greenlee was sent to mandatory therapy, which she says of this, the more I talk to these people, these people meaning therapists and social workers, the more I realized necrophilia makes sense for me. The reason I was having a problem with this is because I couldn't accept myself. I was still trying to live my life by other people's standards. To accept it was peace. In the mid-1990s, Greenlee toured North America with her poetry, and she conferenced on sexual liberation. And um, she also said, too, in her interview for Apocalypse Culture, that kind of gave some insight into necrophilia as a sexual orientation as she expressed it. Because she said men would come on to her all the time and be, we can change her. Kind of like conversion therapy where it's, oh, maybe you just haven't met the right man yet. Or, oh, you're going to like like fucking me so much, you're going to leave those corpses alone. But she is a genuine necrophiliac. She says she loves the smell of a freshly embalmed corpse, the cold, the funeral surroundings, the death odors, how blood purges out of the mouth. And then she also said that she did attend the funerals of the corpses that she uh, made passionate love with. And when asked how she did it, dry humping. Did she ever catch a corpse fresh enough? Because they're not always... Whatever. She liked the cold, the ambiance. I remember the first time I got kicked out of a movie theater in Huntington, Utah. I was up on the balcony and I put cottage cheese and milk with some green dye in it. A little bit of, I was going to, this girl had pissed me off and she was sitting down there and I go, ugh, ugh. And I toss it over and I go, I just gave head to a dead guy. And I hit the girl. I hit the girl with it. It was so gross. I was so mean. She was a little bitch. She had it coming. But that was my first necrophilia joke. It was totally premeditated because I had to sneak it in the theater with the cup lit on it. So I didn't want anybody to know what I was going to do. This is my coat. And I had to get to the balcony. I had to see where she was at. It was all kinds of calculations going on. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. The only thing I did not calculate was that the owner of the theater, or whoever the manager was, was going to be up on the balcony. I should have oh. thought that. But I thought it was going to be dark enough. You mostly got away with it. I mostly got away with it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get grounded because I didn't tell anybody what I did, you know, <laughs> because through her, I'm not telling her. It's everywhere. So even kids joke about it because I was, what, 12, 13? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember, I used to call people promiscuous necrophilias in fifth grade. See? Right? It's everywhere. They'd be, what do you mean? And I'd be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you don't know what it means, then you don't need to know. Exactly. Pretty much. I knew. I read the dictionary. I was a weirdo. <laughs> I know, and you don't. <laughs> it was good. And then people get really upset because they didn't know. And they'd want to know. And then finally they would know. I mean, there's always Ed. Ed was there. I had to charge my phone, but there was this one Chinese guy that fucked his princess wife that died. But I'm sure that happened all the time. That was really cute. I wanted to talk about that. His little princess. It's like, take that. It's like Sleeping Beauty. beauty. Yeah, like I mean, Sleeping Beauty was. I mean, but weren't they kind of just like Sleeping in a coma? Beauty? Kind of what she was in a coma, but how did they didn't know? She was right? dead. was dead. Was dead. No, she was enchanted because he just had to kiss her, unless he had the power. I don't know. He didn't fucking know. <laughs> he didn't know. She looked dead. Took her old pretty girl on her funeral mausoleum because that's what it looks like. It yeah. doesn't look like a bed. It, it looks like a glass coffin. 
Oh, it was her dead wife in American Gods. She gets laid. Uh, a lot. She gets laid a lot, and they're not shy about being like she is decomposing. Well, Ted Bundy was a necrophiliac. We all know that, and okay. Dahmer. But but yeah. Bundy was pretty gross. I mean, he would go and go and go until he couldn't, until they were too putrid, mm-hmm. and he had his remains scattered. His cremated remains scattered over this whole area where all these bodies were that he fucked for, you know, who lo- knows for how they long? Like- Dude, they did, and I'm still mad about it. That's and that's crazy. it was a whole field of women. Wow. And that's where he wanted to go. That they even honored that. I don't think they could tell him no because of some kind of weird law or something in Washington. And he was from Washington. At, that was his state. That was his state of home reference. That so, was his deal. He's if I'm going down, I'm gonna make I'm gonna creep y'all out in the process. Get his uh trial where he made the police officers relive finding the crime scenes and gruesome detail and then oh you're gonna kill me well you're gonna be my accomplice in my last act of fuckery and yeah. then, damn it he made me do it yeah he he basically is buried with them now or whatever you want to call it he's scattered all over yeah it's ridiculous the the last act of necrophilia he could commit and he made the state of washington help him yeah, I think they had to pay for it because he got because he got electrocuted. They have to give you the best steak. That's not no BS. They also have to do all your other stuff. Yeah, that's what I've been. Some states, I'm sure not all. I'm sure not all. Like like here, family of this person that you probably- or maybe his mother and family did pay for it. And if that was the case, no prob. Even still, like his mom. Oh my son. Oh, I guess she was my son would never do that. Oh, I want to know who scattered him. I mm-hmm. I still want to know that. Who did it? Like, or did they even really scatter them? Or did they just say I they... wouldn't. I'd keep them. But that's just <laughs> I, wouldn't I think everything them. should be in a museum. It should go to a museum. Should, there's a death museum in Tennessee. Take them today. Oh, shit. We got to go check that out. The death museum. They've Woo! got Ted Bundy's, Ted Bundy's car. Yeah. yeah. So do y'all think... So what's the what's the juice on necrophilia? Is it wrong? Is it a victimless crime? I mean, aside from homicidal necrophilia, there's obviously victims in homicidal necrophilia. Not according to the Babylonian Sumerians. No. And I mean, it's I guess it's emotionally distressing to the families, which I, I can understand because it, like a lot of people will say the whole death situation and the ritual of it is more so for the living than it is for the dead. Just as a ritual of seducing the corpse or something of that is a thing as well. I so think it would really upset a Mormon woman whose husband went their whole life and didn't have sex with anyone else. And they're going to have the eternity afterlife. Yeah. And then somebody fucked that corpse might fuck that up. I don't know. And like, like the... I don't know. The corpse itself, no. Because what if what if it's one of a, a Jane Doe? Yes, there's the family, but the family doesn't know or care. No, but they to do it, they're gonna have to take off the garments, the the magical. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that they're doing to defile. No, 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 I'm not talking about Mormons. I'm just talking oh. about Mormons. Exactly. So just like to the families, I I suppose. What if what what's that island called in New York where it's just just if freaking cemetery of people that have died in prison or and they had nobody to claim the bodies or homeless people that they have found and stuff like that i can't remember the name of it but it's a potter's field yeah yeah what about those there's nobody to offend uh, i mean i it's gross <laughs> do you i i don't know i guess the you know you think of who's hurt by it it would probably be the loved ones of the necrophile or the well any any partners that got those dead mold stds that 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 would that would suck so std from your partner because your partner was fucking corpses without you rude i'd kill him though i would kill him i'd go to the doctor and the doctor (laughs) ma'am can you tell me about your sexual partners unless you're doing it that's how you guys both find out that your corpse fucking secretly right it's all well this is awkward but but saved our marriage <laughs> right this is awkward but now we both know the russians i bet it was are you eating humans nah are you eating humans nah are you eating humans yeah are you eating humans yeah let's do this how do you start off a date of hey can you just pretend to be dead what if we found someone who was dead or, hey how would you feel if yeah no 
No, no, no. Just mm-hmm. no. Oh my goodness. It's so weird. It's taboo. And this is why people don't research it. And there's because it's it is so taboo, but at the same time, it's not the worst thing by a long shot. Except for homicidal necrophilia, but that's that's the bad part is the the murdery part. You can't even by cutting off an arm, you cannot hurt them. It's a different thing. It's a different world. It is. And I don't think anybody that's not into cold bodies will ever understand. All honesty. No, we don't get it. That's okay. I wonder if it's connected with cryophilia that what is it being sexually aroused by being cold or seeing others be cold? I agree. That probably falls into line there because for the the role play ones, I would feel you'd have to have a little bit of that to be able to understand that oh they're not actually dead because there's not the rigor mortis and the things that come with it but they're just extremely cold as if how does that work? what if you laid in the bathtub too long and you ended up with some weird hypothermia or free not freezer burn frostbite or something that would suck what if you frostbited your hoo-ha that would be awful but then but then they'd be even closer because then the skin starts decomposing I mean- Gone over this in the past. You shouldn't die for a kink. No, don't. Yeah, we don't believe in that. I mean, technically, you wouldn't be dying. You would just be losing a a body, a fleshy part of your body. I don't, in season three, agree that you don't lose a piece of your body for a kink. Can we have that? (laughs) Yeah, if you're kink. Don't lose, don't lose limbs. Because you froze your badge. Don't freeze your tits off. But, oh, that would be interesting. Um, oh, how quickly that conversation get, went south. Terminated. Okay. What, wasn't it Swagger that said no? No more Nerdophilia yeah. in California. So, oh, he's from Austria. So I bet he has seen some shit. I bet he's seen some shit over he's there. Probably, over- probably, I don't put an end to this. Someone's gonna try to fuck my corpse. Oh, because he's so sexy. No fucking me. So what if when you're dead and vulnerable? And- fuck you. You can't fuck me. Right? He doesn't want anybody to get a sperm and make more babies to steal his estate. He's already got enough, enough in line. <laughs> that one from the maid looks just like him. Just like him. Yeah. I'd be so pissed if I was Maria. And the kid's walking around when he's 12 and she's Arnold. With you, Arnold. Necrophilia, ladies and gentlemen. We did it. We went there. It happened. We got weird. It was a fun research. I loved it. It was a good just kick in the door for season three. Absolutely. I'm just getting it all in there. Oh, my God. My husband's been such a good sport. I've been, like, talking to him about necrophilia for a week now. And <laughs> he's just finally, I think he's been worn down by love because he's just, yeah, let's talk about it. And then- That's lovely. No, no mine, mine uh, showed me a bunch of music. Oh, this one or this one and then and then there's this one and this one's song is just called necrophilia that is supportive it is even though he's what is wrong with you so when you find the most messed up topic to talk about it's gonna fucking be you knew i was a weirdo get over it